0: Hey, everyone, we have a Facebook and an Instagram for the Amrikis Podcast.
1: Podcast!
0: Yes. Sorry, that was weird. See, that's how it sounds like when you say it. (laughs) If you don't mind liking us on both of those things, commenting, liking, subscribing, all that good stuff. It would be really appreciated
1: because, you know, we got to get the algorithms to say we're great.
0: Yes, indeed. At least at a minimum. Give us five stars. Five stars on Apple Podcasts or any other platform would also be great. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
2: You know, and for some reason... Us as Arabs, we sit in between this, like, comfortable in the middle zone where, you know, we're better than, you know, Africans and Asians, but not as good as the, <laughs> as, uh, the West. It's ridiculous. And you're like, it's so ridiculous, bro.
0: Yo, yo, yo,
1: yo, yo. Welcome to the Amerikis podcast. Podcast. With your hosts, Muhammad And Ihab.
0: Wow, that was weird because I felt like it needed to be longer. <laughs> it did feel like it needed to be longer, but alas, we are two Masaqeen in a room. Um, but, <laughs> well, we've always dreaded, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, but here we are back to normal, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's just us guys, just us boys here now. You know, this. You know when we first started, we didn't think anybody would listen, so we would just say whatever. And, and then we
1: had people that... We're interested in being co-hosts, and oh my god, this thing became a serious thing.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed.
1: Um, So, Muhammad. Come on, Siri. Siri. Hey, Siri. Sorry. Siri always talks to me all day.
0: Yeah, same here. I have Google in my room, and it's like, (laughs) it's annoying because it's like. Uh, Don't call her that, you know, she talks to you all day. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, It's the same with me. Yeah. Okay. It does the same with uh, with me. <laughs> yes.
1: Tripping over my words and trying to save it. So I turned that, Italian.
0: That has been the way that we've done podcasts in the past is that you misspeak. And then I make fun of you. <laughs> and now we're, we're back. Uh, then,
1: yeah. Then we have a jingle at the end. And then <laughs>
0: خalas, you know? we talk a little bit about how I'm still a PhD student and how you still have like, uh, I still hustle. You still hustle. And <laughs> <laughs> خalas, we call it a day, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we have segments and guests and stuff yeah not just we have an instagram i don't even know who we are anymore
1: it's, um, so We one of us i think it was me i mentioned the website soon it's coming i think one day inshallah one day inshallah but in the meantime you've created a a,
0: a tree link that's cooler than ever whatever the, i thought of the tree link actually works out really really well um it, it and looks so, like that's actually what a lot of podcasters use. Yeah, so we'll put a link for the tree link in the link description below. <laughs> if you get lost, just check the link. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Um, I don't. We're we've, we're a little bit rusty, you know. Yeah. Truth to be told is, I have been recording all day long um, because I am recording a new uh, mini series for the upcoming Ramadan uh with various guests and muhammad um here i am recording with muhammad after he recorded with uh a guest that we you will be hearing in a, in a few moments i did uh, a solo in- interview with a guest and it you know i was a little nervous at first but he have gave me an encouragement to do it and it worked out very well I was, the, I was actually really um, concerned about whether or not you would um, press record properly <laughs> on the
1: CleanFeed. You know, you know, you and I are on the same wavelength because that was my biggest concern too. <laughs> because I checked multiple r- times. I remember,
0: Muhammad in the beginning many times we would start recording and then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I thought it was recording and like, this is me, you know, yep. so you yep. were using it for the first time and I'm like... It was my
1: first time
0: actually using CleanFeed. Yes. Yes. Uh, so,
1: I did have a problem uh, at the beginning beginning. beginning with the pause button that I didn't know I have to unpause or something like that but okay okay it worked
0: out so do you want to tell us a little bit about who um we were interviewing
1: a lot of things happened around the same time so um I think uh I was listening to a lot of hip-hop uh at this at this time of my life and I was realizing well there's a lot of dynamic types of hip-hop I wonder what the Arab world looks like and you know, this guy came up that was, um, I guess just released an album. His name was Chino with a Y I thought it was, you know, an American dude that thought he was Arab or trying to be Arab. But what it turned out is first of all, the album is fire. It's really good. It's called Mm. Mamluk and the guy is half, um, Filipino, half Syrian. And he lives in Beirut, Lebanon. Um, and he's like moved around to a few countries here and there, but never really found a place that he fully called home other than what he calls now home, mm-hmm. which is Beirut. And the guy is, you know, f- physically looks different than anyone in Beirut. Uh, he looks Asian. He r- talks about that kind of stuff in the interview and also um, his um struggles within the arab community uh and the racism that is kind of inherent there
0: um his his message even before you got a chance to talk to him right
1: absolutely and you know the perspective i you know all of us come in thinking that we know but when you hear it firsthand then you really actually get to learn you know how why you know difficult that struggle is and there are some similarities you know between what we you and i have talked about and some others on this guest we brought brought on but uh it's a very unique um story and and i'm yeah. really excited to bring yeah, that you, to the when show you
0: brought up um, this artist and that you wanted to feature him you also said well uh we'll get an opportunity to ask him about how he's been like how he has lived as an as a as an asian yeah. half Asian half Arab amongst Arabs, I imagine that he has felt like an outsider. And uh, from what I know about a lot of Arabs, um, we, we're not very nice <laughs> towards uh, right. the Asian community, and we have we've done a lot. There's been a lot of prejudice, a lot of discrimination. Um, uh, actually, today I had recorded um, a podcast with a an Asian Muslim man. Who has talked to me a little bit more about that, which inshallah will be featuring in the future uh, dur- during Ramadan. But um, Hamad said that you wanted you wanted to um, ask him about, like it's kind of like yeah. a, a very suitable time um, to, to talk about this. It, it
1: naturally came up. Yeah, it naturally came up honestly, and he, he he mentioned it on his own because he he recognizes that it's a it's a global issue it's more than just the, in the united states this um virus has been associated mm-hmm. with china and even before the virus you know it's just kind of pulled out the scabs of some inherent racism underlying racism not inherent underlining yeah.
0: racism um that exists in, sure, within our sure. communities we can uh, transition into that now and listen to that interview um i will uh pretend that i was there the whole time and i just stayed quiet um, <laughs> you know, I, I, let him know let me, about, okay, actually um, let me tell you guys. something about Muhammad. Sh- sh- oh God. Should no, we, don't go there. Up? Should we bring this up? You know, you know, you could you could say it
1: and pl- plug it in the well, right the time. The right time
0: is now. <laughs> Originally we had planned to have all four Amrikis, um, on uh, the interview with Chino. So yeah, like I scheduled and this. What ended up happening um, is just a lot of miscommunication. And Akhuna Billah, Muhammad, right here. Akhuna Billah, you know, um, doesn't know how to do a very, very easy time conversion between (laughs) our time here in America. Well, remember,
1: I'm doing three time conversions.
0: I'm doing no four Um, at the time. And so he ends up making a mistake and uh, really being off by a whole hour and so we were not ready we were not in the position to record and so i'm like "Muhammad, this is on you bro and i don't think chino even knows this so he'll listen to this and not know this and no, now he you know, doesn't and know and now you know my he brother he doesn't know like that It originally it was supposed to be all of us but you know but you know what i think i think it probably worked out for the best um uh it, it made it like a
1: intimate conversation where he, he was able to share some of his his life with us but yeah i mean it definitely was planned for four people to interview you know, this I've one guy. know, I've done enough shaming of
0: Muhammad in real life. Actually, not really much. You know, it happens, mistakes, whatever. Some of us do yeah. it more, you know, often than others. I get yeah. it. It's fine, yeah. you know. Um, so I appreciate you uh, you taking the, the mantle there. Mantle? Taking the mantle? Is that right? Uh, holding the mantle? Being on the mantle? R- riding the mantle. Yeah. Thanks for riding the mantle all the way. Um <laughs> hoverboarding on the mantle you know. I think that's actually that's the proper original Shakespearean English, you know. <laughs> 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 oh 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 كما قال. All right, so with Thank you, thank you. See, it's been a while. We should do this more often. Um, all right. So I think with that, we'll go ahead and, and transition into the interview. It'll be a little bit so- suddenly, like all the mood would have shifted. Um, but it's okay. We're gonna be back at the end of it to do some commentary. Um, don't go. Away. If you wanna, if if you wanna, just real quick, I want to plug this in. If you wanna
1: hear his his album, what I'm talking about, uh, we talk about it a lot. Uh, in the interview, it's called "Mamluk" and it's by the artist
0: Chino with a Y, W H Y. It's really good. Yeah, and the the description, uh, the link for the album and the link to the album will be in the description, including. Um, yes. his Instagram and all his social media for sure so uh, but I highly recommend that you listen to the interview I definitely had a great time listening to it especially as somebody who rarely is not present during interviews so um, really enjoyed hearing yeah. um, everything that this man has to say a lot of a lot of wisdom coming out of his mouth and I really really hope that you enjoy it as much as I do so with that yeah. we'll, we'll go ahead and transition Yalla muhammad we. No, no, you can go by yourself because it's an episode oh. by yourself. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Yalla. How will?
1: All right. Well, in this segment, um, we were graciously uh able to. Uh, have a guest join us this time. It's uh, Chino with a Y. He's a a Syrian-Filipino producer and rapper that's done really great works. And actually, I've been listening to a lot of his music. Um, His latest album is Mamluk. Highly recommend it. It's on um, all platforms. I listen to it on uh, Apple Music. Um, But yeah, without further ado, welcome to join us, Chino.
2: Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, thank you. Uh, so first, I, I got to ask, uh, Mamluk, it, did it turn out how you wanted it to be?
2: Uh, yeah, like in terms of the output of the album, I'm very happy with the outcome. Like, yeah. just as a piece of work, uh, I really enjoyed working with the people I worked with. There's a bunch of just artists that are good friends of mine, uh, producers that I've grew up with and haven't worked with in a long time, like Zug, uh, who's, who I've known for like... 16 years now maybe and uh and we work on a lot of projects together and here he's he produced five six songs so having him with me and the trials and tribulations of 2020 where we were at he's like my neighbor and we go, went through a lot of the stuff because we live in ashrafia in the middle of beirut where a lot of the hectic stuff went on in yeah. the 2019 and in and you know during the blast as well and just what's going on right now So we were kind of like in the midst of it while producing the album. So, you know, like I had a a lot of, there's a lot of love that's been put into this album. And in terms of the outcome, like the output of the production itself, like the writing, how it sounds, the confidence it brings out. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with it.
1: Your audience. Can you tell me a little bit about your audience? Is it, is it a lot of um, people that speak English and Arabic? Uh, that's exactly where I fit in. So I was curious what your audience is like.
2: I think I'm still trying to figure that out, especially being an Arab uh, or just multicultural, really like being half Filipino and half Arab. You kind of just like speak your mind and uh, use the language that feels appropriate at that moment. And then hopefully it sticks somewhere. Uh, in terms of the album, I'm Luke, you know, it's, it's really trying to create confidence to the migrant communities because you know how the Mamluk were taken, you know, originally the Mamluks of like the 16th century, 17th century, they were slave warriors taken from their own environment and forced into the Middle Eastern area. And then they raised through the ranks by, you know, being slave warriors and then becoming generals and, and eventually ruling greater Syria and, and Egypt. So uh, for for all the migrant communities, whether it's like, you know, East Asian or Asians, South Asians, moving to the Middle East, trying to survive and you know find a job, and giving them confidence to deal with the hostility that they live that they live through when they come over here. But also us, us, us Arabs that have migrated. Whether you are, you know, a Turk, you know, in Germany. Whether you're North African in France and Italy. Whether you're Iraqi in America mm-hmm. and uh, Lebanese in America or Canada, like we have, there's a certain form of maybe this assimilation. I don't know if that's really a word, but like not really fitting in because of where you come from and then trying to find a confidence to be who you are in that environment. So that's really the, the concept of Mamluk is giving them this sort of lore that says, yo, you know, there is something cool being who we are, regardless of how the West wanna package it and shape it. And the same thing of like, well, how Middle Eastern countries wanna shape being Bangladeshi or being Filipino yep. in this part of the world. So it's really like the connectivity of the th- of things where you say, uh, all, all these people come here, try leave their countries trying to survive. So why do we fit, fa- why do, you know, people from East Asia, Southeast Asia, South Asia, get a lot of racism when it comes to being here in the Middle East and why do Arabs not understand it when they receive a lot of this similar racism when they leave the, to other countries. Mm. So I'm just trying to connect these dots where you're like, really exact where our goals is to, to achieve the best and succeed for our loved ones, you know, and mm-hmm. for ourselves and our loved ones. So if that's the universal goal of all migrant communities, why can't we connect on that factor? Uh, uh you know from both cases like being here in the middle east and i'm, I'm just speaking my person when i yeah. say about like eastern people and you know or a- eastern asian or south asians in the middle east i'm really speaking about myself and people i know who kind of face that and i i, I see right now you know what's going on in america there is a lot of like asian uh Discrimination. Yep.
1: The Asian community within the United States have been discriminated against, like many parts of the world. Uh, so I, I think hearing from what it's like in your experiences, in your shoes, in your part of the world, uh, it's crazy how it's not so different.
2: Yeah, I, I think also when we look at, you know, Asian community, they really, we, they really stuck to themselves a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think they're the types who want to keep quiet and kind of assimilate. Uh, and, you know, also the Filipinos, uh, I lived in Saudi Arabia when I was young and I saw a lot of mistreatment of Filipinos over there. And there's that, you know, inferiority complex mm-hmm. of being Filipino and superiority complex of being Arab these people. Certainly. So, so, uh, you know, just being, seeing that happen, uh, and seeing, you know, how we just want to assimilate and work and get money and get, you know, pay, you know, have enough money to Feed our families yeah. back home. But, you know, and with time, you just want to, uh, I, I just want to create the confidence where, yo, this is what we do. This is a cool thing, man. You can't, you can't feel bad for us. You can't victimize who we are just because we're out here making money, you know? Yep. And then, and I think a big, a big, a big, like, you know, signal where times are change, where, especially with globalization happening, you know, and, you know, things are really, you know, the dynamics of, how a country used to be and is, you know, especially with the economical situation here in Lebanon and a lot of you know foreigners yep. who, who work these remedial jobs uh, and get treated not so well, a lot of them have left because Lebanon can't even offer that to them anymore wow. you know so uh, so if if that's if now a lot of lebanese i I'm telling you about sixty seventy percent of my friends have left the country since the beginning of uh, 2020. You Know so, yeah. so to so that exodus is, is a norm for us, you know, in mm-hmm. Lebanon. It's a norm for my family in Syria. Like, all my uncles from my dad's side have left Syria during the 90s to work. All my mm-hmm. all, now, all my friends here in Lebanon because of the war of what's going on left as well. Mm-hmm. And also during the civil war in Lebanon, a lot of people left. So, we have this culture. So, to to not be, be able to understand what you know asian people are going through over here or african people going th- going through over here in this part of the world in the gulf and whatnot mm-hmm. i think it's uh it's something i i just find it interesting how how it, you know how it doesn't how they don't see it the same way I- that i do
1: the first time i got to learn about you and your music was through mamluk and uh, i didn't think that you were in beirut i You know to me it's music and and it's kind of it's a global thing and if i could understand pieces of it whether it be the arabic parts or the english parts which i understood both personally Mm -hmm. uh, i it totally i vibed with it and you know i have a very different shared experience um from you but you know there are some overlaps that i think um we've i've we've discussed on this podcast for our viewers about things like um living a dual life when i go to iraq they think i'm american when i come out here they think i'm iraqi and so it's never there's no real like sense of home um but we create it we make it um and and then this sounds like there are additional layers um in your world especially as you try to be more of an international
2: um figure then there's
1: a lot (laughs) there's a lot of issues that come up like that real issues
2: i think there's a lot of issues that Uh, arise from that and you know it's something you have to work with you know for your own confidence when you create art like I've been doing this for a minute now Mm -hmm. um, like professionally maybe Mm -hmm. for 12 years really since 2009 since I signed with my band and and to motivate yourself you can't you can't you can't look at the barriers that are set upon you you know you just have to be really motivated by the work itself and, uh, I re- you know, like I, I can't really tell even the importance of my work, you know, mm-hmm. at some point. Like, uh, you, it's, it's just, I'm luckily I, I had to, I've been giving opportunities after opportunities in this past like decade or so that I, I get to sit back and say, yo, I did enough actually, so I should stay doing this, you know? It was, it's really as simple as that. Yeah. I, the opportunities that arise that gave me longevity. And now that I look back at my career, I'm like, oh man, I did. I did all right with these decisions.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And as a person that's, you know, uh, living on the other side of the world, I definitely can tell you that your music is unique and awesome. Uh, I have friends listening to it, and uh, a lot of people Thank got so much. excited to 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 hear about this. I mean, Arab rap isn't necessarily a new thing, but uh, tying it with being different and th- that diversity and that struggle, I think, is. Um, is something that we don't hear.
2: I think also, like, you know, the tone of what you say, whether you're speaking to uh, a westernized crowd yep. and a Middle Eastern crowd, like, whenever I travel to Europe, you know, and uh, we talk about Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. You know, which is like a huge topic I always really talk about when I go to the when I go to Europe, especially when I was touring back in 2016. And there was a huge refugee influx, you know, from Syria into Europe. And that was a huge topic we would open up. But uh, having that d- debate about Islam in the Middle East is different than having a the, mm-hmm. the, the debate about Islam in the, in the Western world. Like for me, uh, I see a lot of, you know, um Uh, cultural like you know like traditions and things like that that we try to get out of uh, as younger people as progressive people here in the middle east but you don't want to have that rhetoric about anti-islamic rhetoric that you might speak of in your part of the world because you're trying to move be progressive but when you go to the western world and say that stuff it might they might use that against you so you have to be really sensitive and when it when when you move from one place to another and how you talk about it. And I talk about that a lot to my American friends who come from from the West, from especially America, who are very, you know, pro-Islamic and it's like, you know, pro-Islam is part of their identity, which my I grew up, you know, I did Hajj, you know, I was born in Saudi Arabia. I've done Hajj, I've done Amra twice, you know, like I'm come from a very Sunni family. So I'm very open to that. But uh I think sometimes you know, like it's just a different conversation. I would yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't want to wear that on my sleeves here in the Middle East because I want it to change. I would like Islam to be um, maybe less this cultural anchor to be this is who you are, this is how you need to be uh, to more like an identity thing and maybe in the west to be less of an identity thing as well you know just more of a religion you know like it's 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 a really different uh goal or an objective i would like for islam to be in these two parts of the world maybe a middle ground for both
1: yeah you and i share this perspective i feel like um islam is pretty dynamic in the sense that yeah it could sometimes fall into being who you are as an identity but also somewhat be uh a cultural ground, but really it doesn't have to be. I mean, growing yeah. up in the United States, I consider myself American and America doesn't inherently have Islam in its culture. Actually not at all. But there are Islamic yeah. principles within it. Like people stand in lines. Naturally, lines form. I know in the Middle East, lines, you know, unless forced upon, is not really gonna happen. Yeah. It's kind of an Islamic concept to wait your turn. Wait, you know, so it's yeah. it's all about like I don't know. Uh, the dynamicness of where you are, and it is a pretty sensitive um, topic. I,
2: I think, yeah, exactly. You know, there's intersectionality when it comes to this conversation, but there's a lot of nuances that are different once you have the conversation with different <laughs> people. And, it, you know, so it's it, being sensitive about that is, it's, it's, it's really frustrating for you, you know? Like, yeah. especially the people who'd go back and forth, like where right. I have to come to the Middle East and have to deal with that on a regular basis. And again, go try to justify my being to, when I'm in Europe on tour, you know? Yep. It's a, it also sucks to be like, to be on a radio show. And it's like, you shattered my view of being an Arab. You're like, wow, look at you. You're speaking English. And yeah. I just never expected that. I'm like, bro, you know, yeah. like uh, Western cultural export is a big thing. You all f- this up really good, man. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's really true. That's really true. I was going to say, have you been to the U S at
2: all? I, I've never been to an English-speaking country I mean the Philippines <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I would never uh, imagine Philippines if Philippines is considered an English-speaking country because that's one of our main languages because of yeah. you know the. US. colonization yeah. uh, so English is one of our top two languages so our first language in the Philippines is Tagalog and the second main language is uh, English uh so that's the most english-speaking country i've been to and i've toured europe as well but i've never been to the uk never been to australia or new zealand or u.s or canada so interesting i just i I just speak the way i do because my mom doesn't speak arabic and my dad doesn't speak filipino so we had to speak english at home and i got a bunch of siblings and we all speak like this and Mm -hmm. you know tv kind tv hip-hop kind of raised me really um you know my dad too busy you know trying to get that money all yeah. day, all night, and uh, you're left with the television, and you know you, you just gravitate towards what, what you think is cool. And yeah. for me, it was hip-hop. Hip-hop yeah. was like the coolest thing in the early 90s. Hip-hop was like the coolest thing for me. I was like, what is this? Who are these people? Why do they dress like this? I wanna be like that. Not knowing subconsciously is, I never really fit in in my environment, so that different thing was something I really just You know, gravitated towards subconsciously. I'm like, I want to wear those weird pants and those big jackets and those hats, and I want to be, you know, throwing words like that. Those are just really cool, interesting things. And and the the evolution of hip hop, let's say, you know, since I know I've known it, which is like the early '90s, uh, and how it's become right now. And black culture is so important, you know, to the whole world. And I guess that's what I wanted, you know, and also listening to Wu-Tang Clan and the lore of how they used Asian culture into their music and made, created all this imagery, you know, it, that even like Asian people were like, yo, I'm so happy they use our culture, you know? Yes. Uh, so Mamluk was kind of from that kind of vein, you know, where like, you know, from that kind of bloodstream where you're like, I want to take this historical lore of warriors and amazing fighters uh that are known for being you know gladiators and give that confidence to people who might not see themselves like that you know uh, who might see as just a workforce where Mm -hmm. they're all constantly told you're just here to make money so uh, I just want to be like, nah, man, you're, you know, you're financial warriors. You came out of your environment, you know, from hostility to hostility and you're surviving and succeeding regardless of the BS. So now it's like, OK, you understand that now it's time to actually live that, you know, dress like that. Be confident when you go out. And, and that's something really in Philippines, like, you know, Philippines is like so, so poor, but you go to a basketball court in the Philippines, there's they're dipped out you know they're like <laughs> you know they got like gray basketball shoes all the jerseys going on and that guy has doesn't have a cent on his name and uh and i think and that's and that's all right you know like that's okay to want you know to be fly and to you know because we're because we're so you know culturally oppressed you know and we're so uh, subjected to poverty those little things will give us confidence. And this is something my mom taught me, man. Like, you know, even when we were were struggling when we were like younger, my mom always wanted to buy me some fly clothes just so I could go to school and be, you know, be like, yo, my son is fly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm repping, man. My son is fly. You can't, you can't knock that out, you know, whether, you know, oh, she, he might, she might buy me like a knockoff polo, but it looks real, so I could I could still yeah. look good in it, you know. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's awesome, man. I I I love the hearing about the hustle and the struggle. It's um something that I've seen my dad growing up trying to start his own small business in a country that he's not familiar with. With a really broken accent i have to say and and made it (laughs) he made it he made it through and um a lot of people thought he was hispanic because we lived pretty close to the southern border um in mexico so (laughs) it's it's crazy everyone's got their experiences everyone tries to like you say make their money and give that financial survival for their family uh so i respect it always and you know, like you said, your dad was busy, but you know, I think you've probably gained a lot of the hustle that you've you've learned through uh, yourself and through the years over time, and um, and yeah, it, it's I don't know. I just hearing about like, for example, your first track, Abid. I th- you kind of did like a little monologue uh, there that I yeah. thought set the stage just right, where you know, like you said, that lure of our history. Um, and seeing ourselves like warriors rather than just people putting on ties and going to work.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and especially for for us, like over here, like when it comes to Filipinos and Africans and in, in Lebanon or in, in mm-hmm. Dubai, it's not neckties. You know, it's putting on like you know the disposal suit and you know the jumpsuits and you know con and, you know being a contract worker and you know it's it's it really they you know a lot of times there's they feel like there's they're demeaned you know like they're looked down upon so there is an totally. inferiority complex when it comes to a lot of africans a lot of asians
1: uh i have a daughter that's um half uh, Air- uh iraqi half pakistani and we speak oh, nice. english at home and so like i think about her and her future here in the united mm-hmm. states you know there's a lot for her, and just like it was a lot for me to kind of figure out. But uh, I think in the U.S., I can speak specifically. There is a little bit of more of avenue for her to uh, to to feel a little bit more comfortable yeah. around that. Have you guys come to that place where?
2: Um, mm, yeah. Okay, like as and, and no, uh, <laughs> when it comes to for, <laughs> when it comes to foreigners, you know, who look different and you know come here and try to assimilate. Though, I don't think, mm-hmm. like, I, I know young kids, uh, I don't know if you, I have a video clip called Mbappe, and in that video clip, there's a lot of young kids uh, from Nigeria, Bangladesh, and Philippines, um, they're actually orphans, you know, they live in a foster home, uh, either their parents passed away, or, you know, left them, mm-hmm. or, you know. Really for rough reasons. for life. Yeah, so they live in a foster home, and they, all they know is Lebanon. Okay. and they look different and but they will never have the Lebanese passport because the Lebanese government would never give them those passports. so they will have to have Filipino passports, Nigerian passports and if they get caught you know without a residency they can get deported back to a country they're not from you know So these are realities that are some people that have to live with being from here because there's no space uh, for foreigners really I mean if yeah. you in Lebanon if you're a Lebanese woman married to a foreign man, you cannot give your child the Lebanese nationality, huh? So what? You know. So, so what? What so, gives it? So the child will have to have the nationality of the father, and that was that's that's been around for a long time because um, there, there was a fear of of Palestinians getting the the Lebanese nationality back before the civil war when there was an influx. So wow. to maintain the population, you know, uh, they wouldn't give, you know, I mean, that's what I assume. And that's I think makes consensus. sense. I don't know. I don't know if that is the official reason, because yeah. I doubt they will, they will. They will. Of course, they would. They would <laughs> we'll, admit to we'll that. hear
1: about it like 25 years from now. And, and people like you and I would be like, of course, we knew that.
2: <laughs> exactly. You know, and and it's still a thing, you know, so those kids right now, they try to they speak Lebanese. They're like mm-hmm. super Lebanese with the way they speak yeah. way more than I am because they're born here yeah. and, uh, and, and they're surrounded by the Lebanese culture, but they're not accepted as that. And they find themselves, you know, finding their own culture that they would assimilate to. So whether it's like, you know, my homegirl Angie, who's like, you know, now very into the LGBTQ community because, you know, that's where she feels she fits in. You know, apart from being yeah. uh, a- Asian or apart from being Lebanese, because she doesn't feel like that. Yeah. She fights the fight of being from the LGBTQ community. Uh, and I think there's also other friends of mine who 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 just try to divert, especially in your youth. You don't want to have, you know, that conflict of identity because you don't really understand it. So you kind of divert yourself into what you love. Like me, it was hip hop. So I put a lot of energy into hip hop, and hip hop was my way of identifying myself. I I read I rarely went up to people and be like, oh, yo, Syria. So you have, were in that street and that street. Oh, Philippines. This this. No, I I always met my peeps and made friends because of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, you listen to that track? Oh, yo, that's dope. Oh you 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 you, you do graffiti? that's cool you know I know this this and so and so uh oh you heard that new j that uh, it was always hip hop wherever I went whether I was in the Philippines, whether I was in Saudi Arabia uh Barcelona, Barcelona basketball and hip hop, but in Lebanon hip hop
1: uh, what is it like uh doing it in Arabic though I feel like that that part is different uh what was that like journey for like for you?
2: I think I just had you know like it, it's a very difficult journey because I don't speak Arabic like all the Arabs around me you know they they have different experiences they even just how they speak they they the intonations of things mm-hmm. are different because I I'm, I my first language is English so you know my my accent really leans towards you know being looser with my tongue mm-hmm. than being really Arabic, you know, mm-hmm. and I I remember uh, years ago I tried to be like, okay, let me do it, you know, how I think Arabs should be like, you know, <laughs> like in my mind. But then I'm like, and also correct my grammar sure. and be really aware of those things. And then I was like, you know what, f- that man, uh, I'm I'm a mixed culture dude, and this is how I speak. If I if I f- up the grammar, that's all good, man. You know, like I don't I don't I don't hear nobody going up to like Scarface. Back in the days and say, oh, yo, man, you, your, your grammar really not good, dude. Or, you know, or like go up to Tupac and say, hey, yeah. you know, like, you don't, don't, you, you, you know, your subject really should go before your predicate." You know, like, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I, and I, I I get that nowadays, you know, I get that in the comment section. Like, yo, you got that wrong in Arabic, your grammar, I'm like, bro, for real? You know, like, this is supposed to be like the, the voice of the minorities where mm-hmm. we're not really, you know, Where a lot of people don't get aren't super educated, but they get to they get to uh, express themselves regardless of the education they've received.
1: Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, Wow. This has been very enriching conversation. I appreciate Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. I I guess I I guess uh, if you ever do come to the States. You know the amerikis we live uh, all hosts of it co-hosts of it live in different parts of the us so you got to visit one of us if not all of us at some point <laughs> the work that you're doing and setting up uh, an environment for other hip-hop um artists to come r- together is is helping manifold um so more power to you and i really really wish you the very best chino uh, i uh, the when i first heard your music i thought this guy, I don't know where he is, but he's definitely going to reach an international audience. Uh, I was surprised um, and happy, to be honest, that you are based out of the Middle East because, like you said, it's been a lot of um, export that's come in and not a lot of, you know, you know, import um, yeah. coming from from the Middle East. And to hear an authentic voice like yours and hearing your experiences, it's it's refreshing. It's amazing, uh, and we're really really excited for it.
2: You know, one thing some a friend of mine said, like we had this conversation with a big uh, um, radio host in Saudi Arabia. His name is Big Hass, and he kept on saying, "If you're rapping in English, or you're always catering to Western audience, and our our Middle Eastern countries don't give a f- about you if you're rapping English, unless you leave to the Western world and come back, you know." And then I'm like, "I guess that's true because we consume more American right. hip hop." The do, like, if you go to Anghami, the biggest artist there is Drake with the, like, three million oh, yeah? and a half followers. Yeah. And then the next Arabic rap, the highest followed Arabic rapper is just a fraction of 10% of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, in that sense, I'm like, we have an appetite for it. We just have to, we, I think once we make what we do cool to America, then our people be like, yeah, that's cool too. You know, and and that sucks because we do have an inferiority complex. Yes. It's and and this is this is this is a big problem here in the Middle East where we can look at, and this is a problem I really faced me personally because you can look at, um, you know, Arabs can look at Westerners, so they look at me and they be like, oh, this guy speaks English really well, so he could be American, he could be Western, so he might they might look at me and and, and put me in a pedestal. But once they find out I'm Asian, they'll be like, "Oh, you're Filipino mm. now. Now I'm inferior, mm. you know." And for some reason, us as Arabs, we sit in between this like comfortable in the middle zone where you know we're better than you know Africans and Asians, but not as good as the <laughs> as, uh, the West. It's and you're like, it's so ridiculous, bro. So, um, and Memluk is also kind of like trying to mm. you know, you know, really take jabs at that you know idiosyncrasy really yeah
1: it, it seems like it's a mindset thing at the end of the day you know but at the same time you also get um you know the vibes off of others so it, it there are little idiosyncrasies like you said and uh, i think mamluk does a great job addressing them um right. tell me you're making more music
2: yeah man i, I don't stop Uh, that's awesome right now yeah right now we're actually uh before coming back home to talk to you i was with my partner from the arena uh Mm -hmm. his name is joe he's a technical guy and we were just working on a video for uh anti-hero with synaptic and uh and working on one more video for the from the album um uh, hopefully pickle rick or necky air and then already writing for my new project I don't I don't want to really you know, mm-hmm. put the name of the album out yet, but it's it's either like a small A song EP or, you know, but I'm already in the works and That's the songs awesome. are getting written. Yeah, uh, I think with what's going on here with the uh, with COVID, we're on lockdown, uh, a country of only... Five million people, and we're getting like about four thousand to five thousand uh, COVID cases a day, which is mm. quite ridiculous for such a small country. Uh, staying home is kind of crucial, so I I just try to be as productive as possible uh, yeah. with my time. No, that's usually
1: it's really great. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Usually, usually at this time I'll be networking and on tour, but if that's not the case, <laughs> so we'll make more music.
1: Yeah, no, I love it, and I appreciate you coming on this podcast. I think you're u- uniquely positioned to to take off, in my opinion. Uh, if, you know, whether it be in Beirut or, or outside of it, because I I do think that this is the type of music a lot of people that I know and I'm I'm aware of in in, in the U.S. that um, they're hungry for. Um, so we listen to folks like um, Offendum and others, and you know, yeah. yours yours is unique in a sense that um, there's only one you, but you also bring uh, the Arab-American vibe to it as well.
2: I'm going to offend him as the homie, man. Uh, I've known him for a while now. That's awesome. And uh, when I told you about those young kids um, that I, I hung out hang out yeah. with and kind of like a big brother uh, on, I think it was like 2005. 14 or 15, Omar Effendam came to a show here in Radio Beirut, and I met those kids over there, actually, at his oh. show, because I was opening up for him. And what was funny is that uh, the two of the kids that were Filipino that I met, um, they came up on the stage after, and they're like, yo, you Filipino, man? And I was like, yeah, dude, where you guys from? He's like, yeah, I'm Filipino, too. Yeah. And I was like, that's so cool. And then he said, oh, i am actually met you seven years before You know, the the Filipino kid is like, I met you seven, seven years before you came to my school to talk about hip hop because the school was wanted, you know, to show, to give them an example that you could be anything you want because their own, their whole only examples of being Filipino or being African, you know, was being a maid or being you know a cleaner or you know things like that so they wanted to show them like oh there's this filipino guy who also raps and there's this nigerian woman who does photography so that's what we came to uh that's nice and so when they came through uh, their their foster parents came talk to me and i was like i could be i could be their big brother and that's really what motivated me to be like oh we do need an example to a lot of young kids in this whole region, not just Lebanon, and the whole Middle East, especially in the Gulf, where there is a, more of a mixture between mm-hmm. the Asian community and the Arab community and these young kids not really fitting in. So and that was like a strong reminder of me of like, oh, you need you need to be a big brother figure in a bigger mm-hmm. way. Not Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. that's amazing. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you're. You're definitely an inspiration for for a lot of folks. I would say I, the the rest of the co hosts of the Marikis podcast um, were able to listen to your music and had you know some of the questions I've asked you were were directed That's from cool. them as well. They they really love your music and uh, we're happy to have I you as a guest. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
2: My pleasure, man. Completely my pleasure, guys. Thank you, man. It was of course. Really fun.
1: Likewise, likewise. Well, thanks again, everyone. Listen to uh, Chino with the Y. He's got his music everywhere: YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, he's got his music videos and lyric videos up there as well that I think are pretty cool and and uh, very uh, you, pro- the production is pretty great on them as well. So uh, have a listen and uh, definitely uh, uh, subscribe to him. He's he's got
2: more music coming up. Thank you, man. Appreciate. Embriques, <laughs> listen to the album. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, guys.
0: How will How will How Muhammad. I never knew that you had such wonderful interviewing skills. Um, I, honestly, it has
1: to do with the guest. He was really, really great. <laughs> I guess he's done a lot of these interviews. You know, something that he did tell me is that this interview was much more laid back and relaxed than what he's used to.
2: I I was
0: actually kind of um, I I really enjoyed just you kind of taking that um, that hip-hop mood like you had taken like a particular personality on that I wasn't too familiar with DJ Um,
1: Muhammad Abadji yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> A part of you that I kind of always knew, but never actually knew. Um, oh, because I know that's I've, interesting. I've always known that you listen to hip hop and, and different music than I do. Um, and you have we have different tastes in music sometimes. Yep. Um, sometimes. So it was it was cool to hear you talk about all of all of that. But also um, Chino himself, just you know, talking about you know his his experience amongst Arabs definitely put things in perspective for me. Um, it and, changed up the paradigm like real quick right yeah because suddenly Arabs were in the position of being white you yeah. know in yeah. in Beirut you know in the majority Arab majority not i don't think majority Muslim um, Man, Arab majority at least that's the a- Arab issue majority that he faces. For sure. there's definitely a lot of diversity in sex in dubnan um it's also really interesting that he said that he'd never been to any english-speaking countries because the 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 guy was he seemed yeah. like he was just the guy that we know from you know, exactly down the street. You know? I told
1: him he gives me Cali vibes. I'm like, I can't believe you've never been to California, and he's like, a lot
0: of people tell me that. Maybe one day I'll visit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something else that like he talked about, and the his um the title of his album Mamluk kind yeah. of goes back to the Mamluk, you know, like these these uh, slaves that became rulers. Like, that was so powerful for me to kind of think about that and think about the implications of slavery as, you know, and and empowering people who were slaves in the Muslim tradition. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so interesting to me and how he kind of, like, uh, used that in his music um, and used it, like, as as a way. um, And how, like, I never also never thought about, how we shame people that come from like Asian backgrounds for coming into the Middle Eastern spaces, whether it be the actual Middle East or like the Arabian Peninsula. Um, And we shame them for making money and sending it back to their, their countries, mostly because of policies that, (laughs) that we've instilled that, that, that not just the Middle East, but ultimately like the West has instilled, you know, yes and i never thought about that before i never thought about that and i'm like because i'm just like oh you know uh put one and one together but uh that makes their struggle in my mind even more of an act of resistance against like acts of colonialism and imperialism most definitely um so i was i was very impressed by by that by by just how he has found a niche in hip-hop for a people that ordinarily would never would never have this association with the ideals and principles of hip-hop, you know, rising yeah. up and pushing back against like an occupier and an oppressor. Um, it it, gave, and, me, and, and it bring, gave me goosebumps, and, for sure. Completely agree. And I also want
1: to say that it gives you perspective also with the histor- historical facts that, you know, has happened um, and then bringing it forward as as a vision for, you know, what we have come from, uh, for a lot of people that he was representing and talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, honestly, he's very eloquent and he did a really great job in expressing himself. Um, uh, I, I definitely see him going a lot of places if he's able to continue to pursue that with his music. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting that he shared um, before the interview and I knew he wanted to get to it. And the interview, we didn't get a chance was, um, the struggles that we've mentioned before on this podcast, which is, um, not being Arab and, but being Muslim and wanting to get married. Mm. And so that came up a lot for him mm-hmm. saying that, you know, trying to get ma- married in Beirut with any of the locals or any of the people oh, around I can here imagine. is like such a struggle. So, you know, it's a it's a real life thing that he's
0: talking about that affects lots of people similar in his shoes all the time. So, I mean, without him even telling me, like I as an Arab and I've said this before, um, like as an Arab, I've seen a lot of like, you know, racism against Asian people um, among in our communities, a lot of discrimination, a lot of like stereotyping for sure. Um, in a similar way that you and I have discussed about, um, like, anti-black yeah. um, uh, colorism and racism in, in the Arab community. And it's unfortunate, Muhammad, because, like, as the Amrikis, like, we already exist in the world as Arab Americans being, you know, in the minority. And still, we we have this, like, superiority complex. And I think you yeah. talked a little bit about that. Like, we're kind of in between, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I
1: caught myself... Um... And within my own privilege, even during that interview. And I, and I took me back. Like, I I need to listen more because it's not. You know there is a lot of privilege even being as a arab man within the muslim societies
0: yeah and you're definitely like white passing you know homeboy right oh here in yeah Ahmad is like way whiter than i am now yeah. that i've
1: shaved my head bald i'm even whiter
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you just you just need like a red cap and you know yeah i'm and, on my way and you're on your <laughs> way inshallah those red caps never come back um but no i do appreciate you you holding down the fort um uh you know hoverboarding that mantle for sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, we should really get with the times, yeah. You, you know, that was back in Shakespearean time. Yes. We <laughs>
0: <laughs> <We should. laughs> all right well um but i appreciate you like rising up to the occasion especially yeah. when like the scheduling didn't work out um thanks for your flexibility i'm glad it worked out and i actually think that we may,
1: might want to make interviews like that where yeah maybe like one, one or two on. people because maybe yeah.
0: like four is a little bit too much yeah um there's a lot to talk about and a lot to discuss and i wish that um we could uh, just dive into so many things. But I think that's going to be the end of this episode, though. Um, We'll try to have more one-on-one episodes of Me and Muhammad, like back in the old days, just going forward. But in the meantime, uh, please look forward to our Ramadan mini series where I'm going to be interviewing a number. Yeah, Uh, Muhammad, maybe you can join in on some of these interviews. um, I would love to. um, Where I'm going to be interviewing a bunch of uh, people in my life, coming from diverse backgrounds, and how they interpret Ramadan. Um, This is not an Islamic or a religious podcast, but I feel like Ramadan um, has a little bit has implications way beyond like the spiritual and you know the the religious that would apply to a lot of Arab Americans. So that's kind of why we're creating this yeah. mini mini series. Um so stay tuned, please. And if you're interested, um uh, it's not too late. You know, reach out to us, DM us. We're at the Amriki's podcast on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Um, if you if you ever wanna like think about talking about any subject with us on the show, you think it would be great and relevant to some of the things we talk about. Definitely don't be afraid to hit us up. We are rehab, open myself for a lot.
0: We are open for guest speakers on the show. We we want you. We are hungry for you. Please come here and let us eat you up. I mean or we can just talk to you. We can send you a link and you can join. Uh yeah, we I guess I guess we can do that too. I can do I'm, that. I'm just really lonely, okay. Um <laughs> you want to please come hang out I'll with order me. you food You yeah. <laughs> have?. i think we got it then well i guess with that um we'll let you go muhammad thank you for being here um i don't know why i'm thanking you you're like oh thank un- you i appreciate
1: it for th- thanking me for coming to my own show yeah
0: <laughs> i think this one is your own show more so than oh, any, that's a good than any other pe- episode so and hey just for the record i'm editing I've edited the
1: the thing that you guys heard, so if you have any production
0: uh, tips you know, requests <laughs> or tips, I suggestions, have, I have, send them uh, my way. I have editing tips and requests. Me, yeah, me. I've heard yours. I will I will talk to you. Please choose me. Choose me, choose <laughs> me, me. Okay, me. sure. Yeah. I'm how pl- please edit more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> In is full <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i'd love to i love you, you to. don't speak english all of a sudden <laughs> yeah, right? yeah i don't that good. exactly exactly <laughs> all right friends we love you thank you for for staying with us uh take care um i th- with them for the amerikis i am ihab and i'm Muhammad. signing signing off. off yeah all right peace take care. <laughs> bye-bye that was good